Hey there, fabulous ladies. Welcome to Bring Back Your Pink, where we celebrate the fabulousness of midlife and beyond. I am Jen B, your host, your biggest fangirl and impact-driven entrepreneur living my biggest and boldest life, so you can too. Get ready to leave behind societal expectations and embrace a life filled with laughter, joy, and endless possibilities. So stand tall, turn up the volume, and let's dive into the world of living life in full color. Together, we'll rediscover the power of being unapologetically ourselves, and we will release our inner vibrancy, and together, we will bring back our pink. Let's make every moment count, girls. Hello, beautiful ladies. Today, we're diving deep into a topic that touches many lives, divorce. But hold on, this is not a gloomy discussion. No way. We're here to explore how divorce can actually be the golden ticket to reinventing yourself, finding your true path, and living a life that's authentically yours. I have an incredible guest today, Becca Maxwell. She's been on before, but we've come back now uh, to discuss how you can turn life's lemons into sweet lemonade. Becca is a divorce coach and this is what she does. So whether you're going through a divorce, you have a friend in that situation, or you simply want to be inspired by stories of resilience and transformation, you are in the right place today. Get ready to open your heart to possibilities because we are about to unleash a wave of positivity, self-discovery and empowerment. Welcome, Becca. I am so excited to have you back with me today. Um, you know, divorce is such a touchy subject and it's a subject that, and a topic that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But, you know, there's so much help out there and something that, you know, you are doing and stepping forward into your power to help ladies, you know, through this time that is so tough. And sometimes we can actually find, like myself personally, you know, that Getting divorced is such an opportunity for personal growth and change. And yeah, and, you know, I I love that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, So I would like to start off with, um, you know, what are some of the common challenges that we, you know, people are going to face through that divorce and how Mm. can they actually transform them into opportunities to actually transform themselves. Okay. Jen, thanks for having me back. It was, I loved our first conversation. You're like, we, we need to follow up on this and I'm really happy to be here. So I'm yeah. so glad you're here because, you know, it is a topic that people, you know, somebody say, oh, that you're getting divorced and then you don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. shut down like, oh, it's almost like, um, you know, wanting to avoid the, what am I trying to say? The um, infection of it. Oh, no, I don't want that. Oh, you've got COVID. Stay away. Oh, you've got a divorce. Oh, get out of my yeah, way. Like it's like that that old thing, you know, where you wouldn't invite the, the divorcee along to the party because she might try and get on to everyone else's husbands, which, of course, yeah. is ridiculous. But it is. it can be like that when actually it is such a massive opportunity to transform and change. And to be honest with you, that's the more common story than the other. Like there'll be, you asked me about the common challenges and there's a, there's a few. And one of them is that lonely period between it's happening. It's definitely, you know, 
unreconcilable, unrecon we are not getting back together. Um, and that kind of lonely period to, okay, but this is who I am now. I, I'm comfortable with this. Um, and I say it's lonely because of exactly what we just mentioned, right? You, you might not get invited to the parties anymore, or you had um, friends in common and you, you know, you had intertwined social groups mm -hmm. and all of a sudden one of you gets dropped. So you've got half as many invites that you used yeah. to have. But the biggest challenge, honestly, is the blank space, the blank canvas now that is in front of you, because what you imagined your future to be is no longer an option. And there is no, we don't go into a marriage with backup ideas. Oh. We might have thought, you know, in our 20s or 30s, we might have thought, you know, if I was sing if I'm single in my 40s and 50s, then I'm going to open a bookshop and I'm, it'll be a, and there'll be a cafe and it'll be in a nice little country town and I'll yep. meet them a lumberjack and <laughs> live happily ever after. But that's not a plan, and it's not something that we hold on to as we're getting married. So um. as marriage dissolves, there's this big blank canvas of like, oh shit, that future I thought I was going to have for myself is not my future anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like everything gets erased and I have to start from scratch figuring out what that looks like. That I would say is the single biggest challenge and it it can make a lot of us freeze. It can send you into a, a fight or flight mode, which is like I'm going to fight for exactly what I already have because, you know, I'm going to, let's just talk about those, right, those responses. Fighting against the idea of this blank canvas would be fighting to hold on to what you had in the marriage, right? Yeah. No, I'm still going to have the holiday home that we've had together. I'm still going to have the family home. I still want the car. I, I, I'm going to fight and hold on to everything. Then the, the next option is flight. Nope. All right. I'm going to burn it all down and leave. And you and I know a story of a particular divorcee, Mel Brown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her husband he said, you'll be nothing without me. And so she gave it all to charity, right? She gave it all away and had nothing mm. and had to start from scratch again. Yeah. So that's like the flight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start from scratch. And then the last one, which I think is more common, is the freeze. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how to make decisions moving forward. I don't know how like what am what am I supposed to do? What does life look like? Do should I hold on to the home? Should I move out? Like, uh. <laughs> it's it's super tough. Like I remember, you know, back when my ex left, and I really was only working like you know about one day, one two days a week, because I didn't have to work, you know, anymore. And then I'm like, well, what what? Yeah, like it's like that blank canvas. What am I gonna do? Yeah. What? Yeah. What am I gonna do? Like you know. That like is the biggest opportunity so you asked me like let's what is the challenge and how do how do we see that as an opportunity at the at the time you probably don't see it as one because no, you're not overwhelming it just feels too big so let's break it down into you know smaller days but it is absolutely the opportunity to reinvent um i actually prefer perhaps the word rediscover yeah i like rediscover Right, because this is the opportunity that we no longer have to compromise any of it. You oh. don't have to eat the meals that you had to compromise on because that's what he likes to eat and that's what you've chosen together. You you get to make those decisions and rediscover what you like. So 
instead of being terrified of this big blank canvas and like, I don't know what 10 years from now looks like, or I don't know what retirement looks like, or I don't know what five years looks like, let's just take break it down into what does today look like? What does next week look like? Um, and I love the idea of like making it super, super, super simple. What do I no longer have to compromise on that yeah. I wasn't enjoying? You know, how can I bring back more of what I quite liked? I can watch whatever I want on television now. Yes. I can do rom-coms for days. I can spend time with the friends that he didn't really like. 100%. I can go to art galleries now. I didn't find space for that because that's not how we spent our time. We'd go off to the beach together or whatever. But So it's more of a rediscovery. What did I used to like doing? Yeah. Leaning into that and seeing what sticks and exploring and rediscovering and it's a really lovely time. It is a really lovely time. Like I, I was saying to you earlier, you know, that I was at a retreat recently and I suddenly and I was sitting there in this incredible place in Noosa feeling all the feels that I was there and, you know, how lucky was I that I had this life and then I was just filled with gratitude for my ex for leaving me because mm. I know that if we were still together, I would not now have the life that I have. And I'm so grateful for that. Yes, it's taken time um, because, you know, we we live in the world of, you know, often when we're married of what we think we should do. Yeah. But, yes, we do get to rediscover who you know, we were meant to be in the first place. And you know that's a really big thing of mine is the rediscovery, um, you know. It's, you've heard me speak on this. Yeah, it's such an important thing. And instead of looking at it as a finish, you know, I like to now look at it as a beginning. Yeah, for sure. And us as work in progress, we're constantly evolving. The other thing is... When I say rediscovery, it's not let's go back to who you were pre-marriage at yeah. all, right? Because we have evolved so significantly. Since, regardless of how long the marriage was, the fact that it's over, you have definitely changed as a human from that moment that you walked down the aisle or you signed mm -hmm. the certificate. You are evolved. Mm -hmm. So it's more about rediscovering at your core what is important to you, mm -hmm. what are your values, how do you enjoy spending your time? And that is, that's the rediscovery. It's not who was I when I was 24 and do I need to go out dancing on nightclubs again? No, <laughs> let's get rid of all of the stuff, but how? what's important to me? And you, you would have great exercises in rediscovering your values. Um, I'm sure you do. I mean, we can talk about a really simple one now if you'd like to. Yes, let's. Sure. Okay, well. This is, this is a really, really, I love, I, I'm a big fan of super simple, very accessible yeah. techniques that get us where we need to go, right? If anybody is struggling with not knowing what is important to me or what are my values, um, a really lovely technique is to think of three people or characters that you admire and then just really think about them. And I say or characters because it doesn't have to be an actual human. It can be a person in a movie. It can be yeah. a person in a book, right? So think of somebody that you really admire and think about all of the characteristics about that person that you admire. What is it about them that you think is, is so 
interesting to you or so admirable to you, right? Is it that they are bold? Is it that they are unapologetic? Is it that they are colorful? Is it, you know, what is it about them? And do this for three different people and look at what those three people have in common. And you'll start seeing there, what it, what are your values? So for me, it'll come across as like people who are kind, mm -hmm. people who are ambitious and have achieved incredible things, people who adventure and push themselves to do wild, adventurous, you know, unapologetically living big lives. They're my values. That's what's important to me, right? Another that's a super simple way of just finding a couple of words. Just I'm I'm actually sitting here quiet listening to this because I love it so much. And I wish this was something that I knew about, you know, 19 years ago when, you know, my ex and I split up. I like I just fumbled through stuff, you know, like, you know, I mean, I was like, what am I gonna do? Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna be a bookkeeper. Like, really? Can you imagine me being a bookkeeper? I'm going to do because yes. I could, the most colorful bookkeeper I could imagine. Yes. Back in, back in the day, I was very, I was black hair, black, all the black. But, you know, it was like, I'm going to do bookkeeping because it's going to keep the family afloat. You know, no, I'll, like you just, you do jump from thing to thing to thing. You forget your values. You forget who you are. You know, you're just struggling to keep your head above water. Um, and that's such a beautiful, simple way of doing it. In addition to that, we can look at, well, who are three people that I really don't like? Yes. What is it about them that I don't like? And they help you identify your anti-values. Yes. So it's great to have these words, but what do we mean? What do we do with them? Yeah. Once you know what your values are, they help you lean into activities that are aligned with those values. So kindness and generosity are really important to me. And if I have kind of a blank weekend ahead because my children are not around and they're with the ex-husband and I'm lonely and worried, then if I know what my values are, I can start coming up with some ideas around how to exercise yes. use my time that's aligned with that. So mm. maybe I'm going volunteer at the local charity store or maybe I'll offer to go and read at the old age home or whatever. If, if kindness and generosity are important to me, how do I spend my time doing that more often? Mm, mm, absolutely. And it's also something to remember too in this time is your self-care. If the kids are off with the ex-husband and you are struggling and the only thing you feel like you can do is stay in bed and read all day, and read all day you know it's going to be something that's and it's not sad and it's not lonely if you love to read see I'm a big reader so you know reading takes me to other places so when I was separated uh I would read and you know I never felt sad or lonely doing that but because I enjoyed it and it was not something he would often say to me like oh you know being lazy yeah you're being lazy like something better to do yeah yeah exactly like he was a, a triathlete and I am not a triathlete um you know and I like you would feel lazy but it's if it's something you enjoy there's nothing wrong with that so go and indulge yourselves in a bath with a book with a glass of champagne or a cup of tea or a coffee or whatever you whatever floats your boat candles I would add to that, even if you do feel guilty or shit about it Feel it. Yes. I just did a podcast episode uh, just a couple of weeks ago on feeling all of the feelings and actually the benefit of 
just allowing yourself to feel them because if you're feeling um, lonely, if you're feeling a bit sad, a bit depressed or a bit guilty, lazy, like I'm going to stay in bed all day and I should be doing something else. I do feel like should just be erased from all. Yeah, should, should is not a word. We do not yeah. love should. We are not a fan of that. We do not love should. Um, but these feelings come. If you try to push them away, if you try to uh, fight against them, they don't lose power. They gain power. I it's do. Right? So it's like taking a... Um, beach ball and pushing it under the water and you're like nope not dealing with you gonna push you down eventually it's just gonna explode itself up so instead let's deflate the beach ball and be like oh look at that I'm feeling guilty (laughs) thanks guilt I Mm. hear you but no thank you Mm. and it's quite okay to feel these things take power away from them and there was another question you asked me we haven't come to but I think now I can't quite remember how you worded it, but it was something along the lines of um, what are the benefits of um, being in this awful space? Yes. And we've all presumably heard um, rock bottom, right? Getting to rock bottom. Oh, I was at my rock bottom and then this happened. Or, you know, even in Alcoholics Anonymous, you'll you'll hear that people got to rock bottom and things got really ugly, mm. and only then did they take action to change their lives. Yeah. So feel the feelings. Perhaps, perhaps this is the rock bottom. Perhaps this is as bad as it gets, and out of that comes growth. Out of that comes change. Yep. Don't ask somebody to take away your rock bottom because it's a gift from which you climb out. So. My rock bottom was when I, you know, Chelsea was with her dad and I just took took to bed for a couple of days. I was feeling very sad and very sorry for myself and very worthless. And I'm like, you know what, I might as well just, you know, I might as well just be gone. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I I won't say, I, I like I, I soaked in those feelings and I contemplated them and then I went, right, that's not you. This is this is only but a fleeting moment that you're feeling now because you are at rock bottom. So now let's figure out what the fuck you're going to do to get your life back. And that is when I went, I'm going to go back to design and branding. I'm going to build a business and I'm going to buy him out of our home. And I did 12 months later, as you know know the story. And she did. But, you know, it takes the rock bottom to make you go, okay, this is what I've got to do. I've got to put on those big girl panties. I've got to look after my mum and my daughter. How could I ever possibly think that I could leave them? Couldn't do that. So you've got to come up with some solutions, Jen. And, you know, but it was those just that like in bed, you know. And I would argue you probably wouldn't have gotten to, to that action point. No, never. If you'd gotten as low as you had. And that's yeah. why somebody asked me recently, how do I how do I stop people from feeling so awful, right? How do I stop my clients from, from feeling as, as awful as it is? I don't, I don't stop them. I sometimes sit with them in that space. Mm-hmm. I make sure that they have a safe space to feel awful, but I can't rob them of their rock bottom no it's not a gift like if I if I take that away from you then you won't get inspired enough to 
and get that house. You won't feel inspired enough to rediscover yourself and, you know, and have those ideas about what it takes. And this is the thing you have to have that read. Like you've got to have that rock moment to go, right, this is, this is, this is where I'm going. And you rediscover your strength and, you know, go, I, I am a strong person. This is, this is just my now. It's not my future. Yeah. I mean, there's a beautiful saying, this too shall pass. Oh, yes. What I love about that is it's not just about the negative parts, right? It's not just, okay, this this ugly, awful moment, this will pass, sure, but so will the great stuff. So make sure you remember it. Make sure you hold on to it and savour it and know that you can have that again because it will all pass. There's a quote that I love too, and I often ask myself, you know, in dark moments, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get teary, but what, what, what am I going to do with my one precious life? It's life. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and I do get teary thinking about that because, you know, that got me through. I'm like, I'm I'm so blessed to be here and be alive. Exactly. I have to think about, you know, what am I going to do with it? Like I've been given a gift now. I have a similar yeah. a, a similar saying that is in, as inspiring to me as, as that was to you, which is um, the devil whispered in her ear, you can't withstand the storm. And I whispered back, I am the storm. Oh, my God. Goosebumps. I love that one too. And I've got a tattoo of a little lightning bolt, right? Shh, I am the storm. I love that. I know that one. And, yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, yeah, sorry, I'm just going to dwell in this moment for a minute because, you know, like it is divorce really can be and separation can be so empowering to you you know, for your future. And it, it can give you the strength to go on and do, you know, such amazing things, can't it? Like it truly can. 100%. And look, nobody's taking away the fact that it fundamentally oh. shakes your foundations. Totally. Like it just shakes it all up. Yep. <laughs> and it's an awful thing to have to go through. If it wasn't your choice or, you know, if you've built something that you want to hold on to, unfortunately, mm-hmm. your foundations will get shaken. Mm. But from that, you know, phoenix rise. Oh, so- 100%. I've, um, I've called myself a phoenix a lot in the past, and I'm sure you have as well. Um, and it is true. We rise and we get all our color back. And, you know, when we've sometimes tried, especially if it's, you know, the partner, like it's the divorce is not your choice. You know, often you've tried to change to keep them there, uh, to keep the security yeah. that you know. Um, and then, you know, when you can, like when when they go and you, you go through the mourning and the grieving and all that period where, you know, you are, you know, and you end up at that bottom, you do come out and you go, right, now it's time to rise with all of Peel my- away those layers that, you know, look, I was saying earlier about the compromises, right? You start peeling that away. Like if I was behaving differently because I was trying to keep him in the marriage, it's time to let go of that. That's, yeah. that's how I want to behave. So, yeah, you're right. It's, it, you know, you start coming out of that. It's really lovely. Um, Just let's talk about fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fear and uncertainty. And I mean, that is a, that's a real, those are real, you know, they're, in, they're terrifying um, feelings that come after that divorce. And, you know, what is out there like resources, support systems? Obviously, there is you, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> Thank 
Um, look, fear, let's unpack fear before we talk about the resources, because fear can be both real and imagined. Yes. Often it's the imagined that we spend more time with, right? Mm -hmm. That's where we create our anxiety. So the first thing is to create tools and keep, you know, create your toolkit of different go-to strategies for protecting yourself from getting sucked into imagined fear. Mm. Um, I, I think I, I know that I shared some techniques with you last time that we were speaking, but it, did we talk about the circle of control and the circle of concern? I don't think. I'm we... trying to remember now. Right, so let, it's worth repeating. even. Yeah, if I was going to say, uh, let's repeat it anyway. So I want you to think about uh, of all of the things that could concern us, right? I might lose the house. Uh, he might take the kids. Um, I'll lose all my superannuation. I might have to pay him alimony. These are all legitimate concerns. Yeah but they're not necessarily something you can control in that moment while you're getting your muesli together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I want, I want people to, to think about this technique as a reminder to come back to what do I have control of right now? What actions can I take right now that have any difference? And if I can't take control of something right now, then that little item that's spinning in my head and that I'm afraid of needs mm. to sit in the circle of concern. Mm. The circle of concern is what's going to happen with the economy. What if I lose my job? What if there's a flood? Blah, blah, blah. These are things I can't control. So that can sit in my circle of concern and I can let that be because there's nothing I could do about it, frankly. Mm. Yeah. So I'll focus on what I can control. What I can control is my response, my attitude, my, you know, how I spend my time, who I spend my time with, you know, just come back to you. What, what could you do right now? And mm. if there's nothing you can do about that right now, then free your mind from worrying about it. Yeah. That's a really good, you know, because it is hard to get out of our own heads. And, you know, so often we Especially get those imagined fears, like they oh. can just keep, that's a, a fabulous DJ of awfulness. They're just oh, spinning I'm really, more stuff. I'm really good at that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a complete catastrophizer. Like, you know, I'm like, I have a, you know, sore arm. Obviously I have cancer. Like I am a catastrophizer. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So I think that's a great way to actually break that down and to, you know, be able to be, you know, self-awareness is such an important thing in this journey as well. Um, and to be aware of the things that are like concern or fear because yeah. you can, the concerns you can just like not pack away, but you can remove them For and sure. focus on the things that you can actually do something about. Yeah. And when you say like remove them, it sounds like that's really hard to do. And I promise you it's not. Write a list. Keep like if you... Our brains are really funny. It's like um, they will keep bringing back what they think is important and that they don't want you to forget about it. And we allow our brains to keep doing this. So we allow it to keep coming back with these disasters. So my suggestion is just keep a list. Yes, okay, I hear you, brain. It's on my list of things to, cons you know, be worried about. Mm. Channel it out, but get rid of it because it's not worth spending your time worrying about. No. It's not. There's other far more important things to be concerned about. Yeah. How present can you be with your children? Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, looking after yourself, you know, practicing self-care and self-love. 
because often we come out of these situations a little bit broken and we truly need to actually mindfully practice self-care and self-love. Have you got any sort of tips on any kind of, you know, self-care or self-love that people can practice? As I said, I read yeah, and I would take my mind away from what my situation was. Yeah. Um, I find it so individual that I don't necessarily yeah. have a list of these things, right? Um, no, it is very individual. Yeah. So I ask people to re- revisit what used to make them happy or how did they used to spend yeah. their time and re- like try to place themselves in places of joy. When did I experience joy? What was it about that? And what can I replicate? So that's from the self care perspective it's like lean into that lean into what makes you feel good lean into putting your hands in the earth if that's what it is lean Mm. into reading the books lean into you know finding those those moments of joy even just walking up the road to have a coffee by yourself you know which is probably maybe maybe something that you've not been able to do if you've got younger children I mean seriously even going to the toilet with the door open and nobody rushing in that can be, you know, something or, that brings you a snack and not having to be in the bottom of the pantry with the door closed <laughs> because exactly. you don't want to. Pouring that coffee at home and drinking it while it's hot. Yeah. Exactly. And these are little things that, you know, and they're only tiny things, but they're like things you go, oh, how yeah. nice is this? Yeah. I ask people to journal on that. I definitely do. Um, I, you know, looking after your health and well-being, making sure that there's movement, making sure that you're eating well, sleeping well. I thoroughly encourage people to cut down alcohol as much as possible. Yeah. It um, it's a depressant and it also, we don't behave at, at the best version of ourselves. If we're being triggered, it is very hard to calm that trigger when you've got alcohol involved. Right, you respond to the inflammatory text. Yes. I was or gonna say have... we don't want to be sending texts we don't want to send after a few right? drinks. Right. Or <laughs> hunting down their ex their their new girlfriend on social media. Like that's the shit. It's hard to stop if you've had a couple of drinks and it's not helpful. So I I you know, I have a couple of recommendations in that space, but I do just really want people to journal and think about well, what have I enjoyed? Another tool I guess is the the gratitude journal and I I I know that a lot of people get a bit sick of this well you know I've had gratitude up to here but it really is a superfood and I'm not asking anybody to get to where you've gotten to which was 10 years later but Mm. even in the deepest darkest moment we can find stuff to be grateful for I can be grateful that there's a tub of ice cream in the freezer and a nice cold spoon to attack it with like it you don't need to be grateful that this marriage is falling apart, but you can certainly find gratitude in every day. And the more of that you can find, the more of it will come, right? And then the more you start evolving and seeing my life is beautiful. Look, oh my gosh, this is, I've never noticed the sun coming into the room that way before. Or I've not noticed that that friend has always been there for me. And if I hadn't, wasn't paying attention to the gratitude, you could have let a lot of that slide or not be observed yeah, so that's even yeah even down to just going for a walk in your garden looking at you know the flowers and you know I had a big moment of gratitude just recently um so my mum passed three years ago this coming April and we bought an orchid it's just flowered three mm-hmm. years later I am not a gardener obviously because I could not cajole 
flowers out of this orchid. But Chelsea messaged me and said, mum, 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 Nan's orchid's flying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, like flew out the front. I'm like, I can't believe it, you know, and I felt such gratitude. Yeah. All those flowers, you know, so it is the little things and they're the little things that can become big things into the future, Um, you know, that like, you know, you move on. I'm so grateful that I, you know, can stay in this house where this garden is. Um, I'm so grateful that I get to move to this other house that has, you know, a view. It has the beautiful garden, whatever. Like you can always find the gratitude in the little things. For sure. I'm grateful for my dog. Not that I have a dog, but, you know, I was in, I was really grateful for my cats. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful for the dog that comes and puts his head on my my knee and just looks at me and says, I love you, mummy. You I'm know? grateful that I have access to so many free resources yes. that can keep me company in my darkest moments. That's right? it. I'm so grateful that Jen records a podcast that offers some help. You know, I just, I thought this was a really important conversation to have, um, you know, especially both of us have been through, you know, separations, divorces, um, and, you know, I've come out the other side with, you know, a self-discovery journey and beautiful lives that we're very, yeah, I'm so proud of my life right now. I'm so, you know, my, my bestie said to me a couple of years ago, like, um, how, remember when we were 18, we've been friends since we were 12, remember when we were 18 and, you know, life was amazing and we were so happy and everything was awesome. Have you ever been that happy again? I'm like, yes. Now, I never thought that I would be as happy. I never thought actually I had a life that was meant for happiness, to be honest, you know, but, you know, these are the things that you discover as you heal and as you grow and as you dive into yourself, um, you know, that you, that these things come out and you're so, you're so blessed to be able to, to do that. Um, I don't think I had that version of being happy in my teens. I think my happiness has all been post-divorce. Like I think I'm a version of myself that likes who I am, who's, you know, much more accepting, doesn't need the judgment of others. I'm so happy. Like just I also did a podcast episode around that, like the guilt of feeling happy. Like am I allowed this now? Like it's, are we allowed to talk about this? Yeah, I've decided I'm going to allow myself to do that. So is it actually really interesting because, you know, I, like I'm, I will be really open. I've not had the easiest of lives. Like um, I had an adopted sister that was just horrific to grow up with. My dad passed when I was 23, only a few months after we did get married. And then I was married to a narcissist um, that literally broke me. And I was kind of like, you know, obviously happiness is not something that's my, my life is meant for. I'm not meant happiness and then I did um a guided meditation where I was surrounded by mum and dad and my cats that had passed I'd literally lost a cat like two days previous to that that I I palliatively cared for for nearly two years you know I was very devastated but you know I I was surrounded with the love and you know it's okay like we love you we support you and then we did a drumming journey the next day and I literally woke up and went I have permission to be happy like I have, it's okay for you to be happy, Jen. Yes, yeah. life has not been a bit of, ro- well, bed roses, roses without thorns. It's had plenty of thorns. But, you know, it's it, it, and it's okay to be happy. And that was the first step in yeah. the self-discovery, that it, it's okay to be happy. And this stuff does not happen overnight. You know, this is okay. three years of me working on this stuff. And if there's anyone that listening, if there's anyone listening who needs 
permission or wants permission. Like you don't need it, but you can borrow ours. Yeah, please. Please be happy. You know, life is short. And for me, I look at it that I'm 55. My dad was diagnosed with his terminal illness at my age. You know, and I, I think about that frequently at the moment. And I think, oh my gosh, imagine like if I was gone, you know, at, at 57 and I'm like, I need to live. That's why my personal word of the year this year is live because life is short and it's precious and we need to get out there and just live it. And that does not mean going on fabulous trips or anything like that. It's like just being happy enough to walk up the road and have that coffee. Yeah. Just sit on your balcony in the morning with your kids, your cats, your flowers, whatever, and just appreciate what you have. Okay, to me, again, this is like a really practical, kind of coming back to the values exercise. Did you know that we are 18 times more likely to be flourishing if we are um, regularly exercising our strengths? Have you heard that before? Sure. So we are, we are nine times more likely to be flourishing if we know what our strengths are and 18 times more likely to be flourishing if we access them and, and exercise them. Isn't that powerful? So this is something that I do in, in, like, in my corporate space as well as in my private um, coaching, helping people rediscover what their strengths are because a lot of us don't necessarily know what are we good at. We know what we might have been good at once and so that in itself is a great exercise in, well, how should I be spending my time? Spend your time in ways in which you're more likely to flourish. Mm. And that is working with your strengths. And to add to that, we are have going to have more impact on our own well-being and on the people around us if we're working with our strengths than if we're improving on our weaknesses. So yes. leave our weaknesses just where they are. They're just part of who we are. Maybe we're not strong at this bit, this bit, this bit. Fuck it. Let's spend more time exercising our strengths and being that version of ourselves because that's more powerful. And and flourishing. And flourishing. Like I know, and I mean, you know, I know I'm talking about a lot about my experiences right now, but I've lived this and I'm just sitting here going, oh, my gosh, because this is me now with what I do with my ladies in Flamazing. You know, I help them build strong businesses so, you know, if life's not the fairy tale, they can you know, have a business that will help them buy their ex-husbands. And that is one of my strengths is, you know, like I've done my, you know, Gallup ones and it's strategy, positivity, ideation, futuristic. I think there's another one. I can't remember what it is. Um, you know, and they're the strengths that I draw into. And I would say now that I am absolutely flourishing. Yeah. Um, Not an accident. No. I like that. <laughs> there's the recipe to get there. It mm -hmm. is. It is. Now, yeah. Any common misconceptions, you know, about, you know, post-divorce, the rediscovery, um, you know, that you would like to talk about and yeah. something that people might keep in their mind as they actually, you know, dive into this journey. It's so interesting. Like societal, societal expectations and cultural expectations and family expectations and your social circle expectations, they all create a narrative around, you know, it's it's a story that we've heard about what this is, what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to just go, yeah, but that's not going to be my story, but that's what I 
absolutely encourage everybody to think about. If you've got an an expectation of what divorce is, that it's going to destroy you or that um, you'll have nothing and you'll be homeless in your 50s or um, nobody will ever invite you to a barbecue because they think you're going to steal their husband. Whatever those stories are, they have come from somebody else. They have come from somewhere. And we all have we all have them. So it's not that there's just one story. I guess the most common one is that divorce is bad. Divorce is ugly. You, right? you can't embarrass us by getting divorced. You can't get divorced. Like you're going to embarrass your family. And I also think a marriage, like a successful relationship could be two years, 10 years, 20 years. Why can't we celebrate the successful relationship rather than the, oh, it can't be successful if it ended in divorce. Hmm. It failed, failed marriage. Like if that no it's not a failed it was a successful marriage and now two people can go off and be successful apart so in answer to your question there's so many stories and Mm. we all have embedded stories that come from different places and it's important to to unpick that and choose your own story yes Setting a goal for your divorce story and setting your intentions for your divorce story can be so personal and so powerful. You get to decide what your divorce is going to mean. You get, I love, there's a saying, and it's a a New Year saying, but like I'm going to use it in this too, you know, it's the first page of a new story and you get to write it. Right. So don't take anybody else's. words around it don't you can hear them and go oh that's interesting my mum said that to me when I was a kid thanks mum not helpful this is going to be my experience exactly oh my gosh this has been such a great conversation um thank you so much for coming on again I knew it was a conversation I really wanted to have with you um if you get and, any questions in your amazing group or any responses to this podcast, we can get on live and on a social if you like, and we can address them directly. That's something. That's something. That's actually a really cool idea. I might just have to do that in the future. <laughs> but lastly, can you offer any advice or words of encouragement for anyone that is actually just starting this journey now? You know, the divorce is coming. It's maybe just like the separations just happen. Um, you know, any words of advice um, that you Yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, put you on the spot with this one. (laughs) Um, Keep in mind, I guess, that this is a journey, right? Nothing is forever. So what you're feeling right now, it will pass and that overwhelm. So empowerment, I think, is what I would encourage. Mm -hmm. Um, Empower yourself with information. Empower yourself with positive people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, empower yourself with positive thoughts and just making that intentional decision on what you want this divorce to be mm-hmm. um, and empower yourself with lots of resilience techniques because this is a freaking long journey. It is. It is a freaking long journey and it the journey doesn't even end when you meet someone else. Like, you know, I have a set, I've been remarried, which I never thought would happen quite frankly because I'm like, I'm never getting married again. I do not like men, you know. I thought I was going to be sexless for the rest of my life. I, I, <laughs> yeah, me I too. That, that was it. Like, I, I was, was going to be the crazy old cat lady. There's no way I was ever going to have sex again. <laughs> me too. I was going to I was gonna grow old and die. My cats were going to eat me. 
That's how things change. But we we oh. fundamentally believed that, right? We did. So we can laugh about it now. But yeah. And also, when you come out of a bad marriage, the worthlessness that has been, you know, that they've created in you, you know, you feel like that nobody would ever want you as well. Again, and you know, that was my feeling. But trust me, as you bloom, as you, you know, rediscover and go on this journey your feelings of self-worth will return and you will begin to love yourself again it may take time it may take like this has been a very long journey for me uh it may take time but it does come back and you know the day will come when you look in the mirror and go you know what you're okay you're you're good you know and it's it's a really nice it's 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 a very empowering feeling um so yeah I think that I I feel like that's probably where we should end it but where can they find you where can all the fabulous ladies find you um probably easiest on instagram do divorce right i do have the website do divorce right.com i've got the podcast do divorce right so if anybody's thinking about doing divorce right i'm your girl (laughs) Uh, these will all be in the show notes ladies please go over and give becca some love um you know, she's an amazing lady, someone I've known now for, oh, 18 12 months. months. Yeah, 12, 18 months. And I feel that's why I was so, I wanted her to come back. We did talk about, you know, navigating the divorce at Christmas time, but I thought this was such an important conversation to have. So thank you so much for giving up your time in the day to come and hang with me. So good to be here. Thanks, Jen, for having me. Okay, I'll see you all next time, lovely ladies. Thank you. Bye. Hey ladies, I created this podcast because I know we need more of it to help us bring back our pink and live our best lives. But guess what? We can't do this alone. So if you loved this episode, let's spread the world. Share it on your socials, send it to a friend and don't forget to write us a review. By doing this, you become part of the movement to bring back your pink and inspire others to do the same. I'm incredibly grateful to have you in my world as we live life in full colour and become our authentic selves. Together, we're unstoppable. Let's keep rocking and bringing back the pink.